You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. It's Tuesday, January 16th. I'm Zeke Robison. Today, we're talking about tech companies paying for AI training data. Make sure to listen to the end to find out what other Wired podcasts you can check out today. Do AI companies need to pay for the training data that powers their generative AI systems? The question is hotly contested in Silicon Valley and in a wave of lawsuits levied against tech behemoths like Meta, Google, and OpenAI. In Washington, D.C., though, there seems to be a growing consensus that the tech giants need to cough up. Recently, at a Senate hearing on AI's impact on journalism, lawmakers from both sides of the aisle agreed that OpenAI and others should pay media outlets for using their work in AI projects. It's not only morally right, said Richard Blumenthal, the Democrat who chairs the Judiciary Subcommittee on Privacy, Technology, and the Law that held the hearing, it's legally required. Josh Hawley, a Republican working with Blumenthal on AI legislation, agreed. It shouldn't be that just because the biggest companies in the world want to gobble up your data, they should be able to do it, he said. Media industry leaders at the hearing described how AI companies were imperiling their industry by using their work without compensation. Curtis Legate, CEO of the National Association of Broadcasters, Danielle Coffey, CEO of the News Media Alliance, and Roger Lynch, CEO of Condé Nast, all spoke in favor of mandatory licensing. Wired is owned by Condé Nast. Coffee claimed that AI companies eviscerate the quality content they feed upon, and Lynch characterized training data scraped without permission as stolen goods. Coffee and Lynch also both said that they believe AI companies are infringing on copyright under current law. They urged lawmakers to clarify that using journalistic content without first brokering licensing agreements is not protected by fair use, a legal doctrine that permits copyright violations under certain conditions. Senate hearings can be adversarial, but the mood was largely congenial. The lawmakers and media industry insiders often applauded each other's statements. If Congress could clarify that the use of our content or other publisher content for the training and output of AI models is not fair use, then the free market will take care of the rest, Lynch said at one point. That seems eminently reasonable to me, Hawley replied. Journalism professor Jeff Jarvis was the hearing's only discordant voice. He asserted that training on data obtained without payment is indeed fair use 
and spoke against compulsory licensing, arguing that it would damage the information ecosystem rather than safeguard it. I must say that I am offended to see publishers lobbying for protectionist legislation, trading on the political capital earned through journalism, he said, jabbing at his fellow speakers. Jarvis was also subject to the hearing's only real contentious line of questioning, from Republican Marsha Blackburn, who needled Jarvis about whether AI is biased against conservatives, and recited an AI-generated poem praising President Biden as evidence. Outside of the committee room, there is less agreement that mandatory licensing is necessary. OpenAI and other AI companies have argued that it's not viable to license all training data, and some independent AI experts agree. What would that even look like? asks Sarah Kreps, who directs the Tech Policy Institute at Cornell University. Requiring licensing data will be impractical, favor the big firms like OpenAI and Microsoft that have the resources to pay for these licenses, and create enormous costs for startup AI firms that could diversify the marketplace and guard against hegemonic domination and potential antitrust behavior of the big firms. Even within circles that favor some form of licensing for AI training data, there's some dissent about whether it should be legally compulsory rather than simply encouraged as an industry norm. As a high-quality and up-to-date source of information, news media is a valuable source of data for AI companies. My opinion is that they should pay to license it and that it is in their interest to do so, Northwestern computational journalism professor Nick Diakopoulos says. But I do not think a mandatory licensing regime is tenable. It remains to be seen exactly how lawmakers plan to fulfill requests like Lynch's to clarify existing copyright law, but there are already several attempts to pass legislation that would create guardrails around data licensing, including the Journalism and Competition Preservation Act, a bill authorizing news outlets to collectively negotiate licensing arrangements, and Blumenthal and Hawley's bipartisan framework on AI legislation, which calls for a licensing regime overseen by an independent body. As the recent hearing made clear, though, Congress is already highly critical of AI's potential to amplify the power of the tech industry and its potentially deleterious impacts on journalism. The way Blumenthal described big tech's impact on the local media ecosystem captured this pugilistic tone. It is literally eating away at the lifeblood of our democracy. Make sure to check out our other Wired podcasts. Today in Wired Business... A U.S.-sanctioned oligarch ran pro-Kremlin ads on Facebook. Again. Checking in on Wired Science? Learn the real problem with the Boeing 737 MAX. And on Wired Security, the U.S. approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs, a new way to track the price of Bitcoin, could trigger a gold rush for investors. But an exclusive cast of middlemen will earn big in the background, too. Listen to these stories and more at wired.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening to Wired. Check back in tomorrow to hear more stories from wired.com. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. 
Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.